0: Like a thief in the night, we are off and running. That's right. This is the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Trust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs, and exclusive home for Chicago Cubs checking. You can open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. I'm Cole Wright at the helm of the podcast today. My partner in crime, well, he's down there in sunny Mesa, Arizona, It's Tony Andraki, our digital content manager at Marquee Sports Network. You You sound so thrilled. The (laughs) the lull in my voice. Tony, hold on just a second because I'm a little upset with you right now because, as you can see, your backdrop uh, just draped in palm trees. And here's a reminder, all you listeners out there, you can listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but you can also watch Tony hopefully get sunburnt on this edition of the podcast on the Marquee Sports Network app. And you can download that, and you can do it today Tony you're, you're at the at the hotel in Mesa Arizona and on Wednesday it all became official Jake Arietta and the Chicago Cubs part due
1: yeah no I think it's great I mean it, it we've been waiting for this move right like since last week and when it was reported but it, it's a good move for the Cubs and then really it's a win-win for both sides Arietta gets to come back to the team and the franchise and the the pitching infrastructure that made him who he is today obviously with with hard work from himself as well but then the Cubs get a much needed veteran presence alongside Kyle Hendricks, a guy who can step up and immediately be a leader within this, this clubhouse within this starting rotation. And then, a, you know, to see if he could be a number two starter, a number three starter, or get close to the Jake area that we've seen it, We're not going to expect him to have, you know, a zero seventy seven 77 ERA in the second half this year or anything like that. That was an amazing run during his Cy Young season. But if he can be a guy that can get back to the 350 ERA, you know, sub four ERA, that would be very, very valuable to this team. So I think it's just a very classic win-win situation here for both sides.
0: Nice, no, awesome video from down there at Sloan Park on Wednesday and Jake Arietta. he was in the bullpen, shorts, T-shirt, and uh, something tells me, That dude has been in the gym. That's one thing that's been a constant with Jake Arrieta. And you look at his fall off when it comes to numbers. He didn't have an ERA in three seasons, under four with the Phillies. And his ERA in his five seasons with the Cubs, it never went above three. So taking a look at Jake Arrieta this season, the Philadelphia Phillies defense, it was an absolute disaster. The Cubs defense little bit different story when balls are hit on the ground we know all the guys in the infield they suck it up they make plays does Jake Arrieta does he he flip things around once again in his return to Chicago
1: yeah I think it's very possible for the biggest reason you just mentioned is the fact that the Cubs are so adept at turning ground balls into outs Arrieta has used and, and leaned on his sinker quite a bit over the last few years of his career And I think a big factor, too, will be his health. He dealt with some bone spurs in his elbow a couple years ago, hamstring last year. For a guy as big, as strong as he is now in his mid-30s, health is paramount. But then also when you count count in the fact that he has that crossfire delivery, he really needs every part of his body, especially lower half half on up, to to really be firing on all cylinders to make sure that he gets the kind of action on his pitches that he needs. And and I think it was really interesting, your conversation with Tommy Haddovee, earlier this week on Cubs 360, Haderby was just talking about how they can get all that movement from Arietta and he himself seemed really optimistic about what they can get and what they can tap into with Arietta and kind of get him back to the guy that he was pre-Philadelphia. And so if Haderby's optimistic, I think there's plenty of reason for optimism that Arietta can turn back the clock a bit here.
0: All right, for those just joining us here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast, I'm Cole Wright. He's Tony Andraki. And Tony, as you can see, if you're watching it, here on the marquee sports network app, tony's out, outside soaking up the sights the sounds It's a little bit windy back there in mesa arizona but nevertheless our man on the ground is is doing some serious work when it comes to the cubs and pitchers and catchers reporting we're talking about Jake Arrieta. everything became official on wednesday and one guy who's happy to have him back in the fold well that's his former and now current teammate once again the professor kyle hendricks he looks to be the opening day starter if everything goes as scheduled then uh well Kyle Hendricks he let it be known about the impact that Jake Arrieta is going to have on this clubhouse once again
2: it was really cool uh seeing him I just saw him in here two days ago in the locker room and uh we both kind of said it was weird you know it was like nothing ever no time ever passed it was like I don't know where those three years went but it's almost like he never left so uh you know, you know me and him have had an awesome relationship since day one he kind of took me under his wing when I first came up to the big leagues, taught me a lot about being a pro. So uh, just the relationship we have in general with our families and everything, uh, seeing his kids, it's just great to, to just be back with him and be friends again. I mean, the list can go on and on with Jake, honestly, uh, but I would say his toughness, his competitiveness, uh, his work ethic, and just his how genuine he is uh, in every interaction you know, with guys. So I think yeah, having some young guys that necessarily don't necessarily have the experience, he's a great guy to lean on. I mean, that's basically what I had. You know, when I came up, I learned so much from him, like I just said. So just having his knowledge around and just his work ethic in general, when you see a guy that's been through it all and still putting in the amount of work that he does, um, you just follow in suit, you know. So it's going to be a great kind of – he's going to be a great leader for this team and uh, really, really excited that we got him.
0: So, Jake Arietta, we know he's a dog. The guy gets after a Tony, whether it's in the gym or on the mound. He's a competitor eight days a week, and that's really going to set the tone for this team in 2021.
1: Yeah, I think so, and he has that veteran leadership. He's gone through everything. This will be his 10th year in the big leagues. He's a guy that all the young pitchers coming up, all these new guys, you know, you talk about just Trevor Williams or Zach Davies coming in or any of these other guys who don't know Jake, who haven't been his teammate before, they can come in and see how a Cy Young winner is prepared and how he does his work, how he stays healthy, how he stays strong and, and fit and, and flexible to go out and do all of that. So I, I do think that Arrieta will have a, a profound impact on this team, even beyond the days that he pitches. He can be a lesser type of impact, uh, this valuable veteran voice. And and Arietta has always been a good leader. He's not a guy that has super has been super outspoken in his cut days, He's a lead-by-example guy, and when there is something to be said, he's a great guy that people can go to as a resource, whether it's other pitchers or, or just be a leader in general. And so I think the Cubs needed a little more of that, right? Like losing Lester, losing some of these other guys, that losing Darvish and stuff. They could have used another veteran arm, and that's exactly what Arietta brings.
0: Yeah, he's going to bring that veteran presence. He's going to bring that leadership to the clubhouse, and there's already a veteran presence and leadership, so throwing another chip in the mix always – a good thing. Now, how about the bullpen? Because we know there's been some question marks, but there are some reinforcements, uh, you know, Workman and, and stroke, those guys have been added, of course, the, the physicals are pending, but just to have a guy like Pedro Strope back in the mix, I mean, just like Jake Arrieta, he's been there, he's done that, he's very familiar, and familiarity sometimes breeds comfort.
1: Yeah, it does for sure, and with these, both of these guys, I mean, Strope and Arietta obviously came over together from the Orioles in 2013, and that you know, pretty epic July trade now. When you look back, that the Scott Feldman and Steve Clevenger going the other way, but yeah, I mean, that trade worked out great, and these moves also could work out great for the Cubs. And Stroop, it, it you know, once everything becomes official, it is a very low risk maneuver for this team because he's a guy that the ceiling is, you know, an eighth inning or maybe even like backup closer type option. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. He still has an amazing Cubs career. To, to fall back on it and he will always be a, a fan favorite and organizational favorite. But I think what he and Arietta provide, it's, it's a level of confidence, right? It's not just what they, what they do and how they pitch, but the confidence in how they can go out there and perform. I mean, Arietta is one of the most confident dudes out there. Every time he takes the ball, the guys around him can feel like they have a good chance. Same thing with Strope If he's able to make the team and, and the, the big league roster coming out of the bullpen, the guys are going to have confidence in him. David Ross is going to have confidence going back to the days of him catching uh, Stropey and being a teammate to him. And then just seeing as a special assistant, the last few years of, of Strope's career as well. So I do think that's huge. And then again, like you said, you know, pending physical if workman comes in, he's a guy that really, really found something in 2019 had just eye popping numbers with the Red Sox and and has emerged as an eighth and ninth inning guy the last couple of years. So I think those are two really valuable veteran additions to the back end of the bullpen.
0: Yeah. And you talk about confidence, you know, that Jake Arietta is a confident dude. Anytime a cat goes no sleeves and no undershirt uh, button down about three buttons. And he's looking like Jim Riggleman from the late nineties. I mean, you already know, that Jake Arietta is a confident cat, no doubt about it. Now let's move from the starters and the rotation to the bullpen because on Cubs 360 presented by Miller light, just the other day, we had Jed Hoyer on and Jed Hoyer was talking about some of the relievers and guys coming out of the pen. We know that Craig Kimbrell was named the closer by David Ross earlier in the week. But Jed said that the, the, the reliever situation, it, it's going to be fluid. So let's have a listen.
3: You guys are going to have to step up and step in, in different roles. Um, you know, Rowick will probably be a little bit uh, slower. Uh, he's still dealing with um, a little bit of uh, intercostal injury. So he'll probably be a little slower than, than some guys. Um, but no, I think that we'll, you know, we'll, and we'll have um, probably another major league uh, deal, you know, that will be announced soon in, in the bullpen. But, you know, I, I do feel like, like I said, it's going to be fluid. And, and that's the way it always is in the bullpen. You know, I think it's rare that you know exactly what the roles are going to be going into spring training. Um, I think we were a little bit spoiled by like, a guy like Stropy, for example, a sort of the eighth inning guy for a number of years, and that, that's that's not normal. But um, I like the arms we have down there, um, and I, I like our pitching, our infrastructure's ability to to get the most out of those guys. And um, so I think, yeah, I think Rossi will have a lot of options. But I think exactly how it's going to sort out clo- after the closure, I think will be will be the question.
0: Always good to have versatility, especially running out of those barn doors there in the bullpen. But, Tony, when you take a look at some of these guys, you know, whether it's Kyle Ryan, who's on the COVID-19 list, or it's 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 uh, Craig Kimbrell, obviously, who last year saw somewhat of a drop-off only to build back up and get that velocity back. It's always good to have a few extra arms down there in the bullpen.
1: Yeah, it is. And that's where, like we talked about Workman and strope they can really come in and, and help things, especially if Kyle Ryan is has, is slowed to start the season. He was a, a valuable left-handed pitcher for this team. Workman is, that's where he can kind of come into play too, beyond just being a, a eighth or ninth inning guy and being able to pitch in high leverage situations. He also has basically neutral splits throughout his career. So even as a right-handed pitcher, he's done really, really well and had a lot of success against left-handed hitters throughout his career. So that could really help if the Cubs are short a lefty to start the season. And then, yeah, you know, Rowan Wick is another guy where he has a, a left oblique, intercostal injury right now to start the year. That's something that, as we know, the, the last couple of weeks of 2020, he missed. And they said it was a pretty bad strained oblique. And for, for Wick, who's also a big, strong guy, I mean, for him to come off and be in that much pain and that burning sensation, and then here we are five months later and still be feeling it, it's at least a little worrisome. You know, it, it's not, he's not 100%, and, and the Cubs are understandably being cautious. There's absolutely no reason to push anybody here in mid-February, but there is some concern there with a guy who was projected to be their, their probably eighth inning guy, their top setup man, and potential relief ace back there in front of Kimbrell. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if he is slowed, if he is not able to, to make the opening day roster in six weeks then that's where guys like workman Stroke can come into play and then i think andrew chafin too that re-signing i think that's huge he's another guy that that has shown the ability in high leverage spots so there's a lot of names down there in the cubs bullpen i think that will be one of the most interesting things to play out this spring
0: Absolutely. And uh, Tony, a handful of guys throwing bullpens down there in Mesa on Wednesday. And uh, we had pitching coach Tommy Hotovy on Cubs 360 on Tuesday. He just talked about the, the optimism for 2021. You, you just look at some of these guys. And like you said, some of the additions, some of the, the, the re-signings, Andrew Chafin, I, I think that Tommy Hadovy, you know, he, he's going to have, I'm not saying an easy job, but his job is going to be a little easier than most would suspect because some of these arms out there, not only are they quality, but these are guys who go out there and they compete all the time.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And it, when you're talking about it, it, there probably is some element of ease to it when you have potentially 12, 13, 15 options of, of guys yeah. to it. I think the hardest part might be whittling that that number down and determining who breaks camp as the eight or nine guys out of the bullpen. And, and then, two, as we talked about the rotation, some of those guys that might not make the rotation might be in the bullpen. Maybe it's an Alec Mills or an Edward Alzalea or a Cole Stewart. Some of those guys could wind up in the bullpen as a result. So I think there are a ton of options. I think, you know, health permitting and then really performance too, both in bullpens and in spring training games, that'll probably help write the story for some of these guys. But then Hadavi, David Ross, Jed Hoyer, the rest of the coaching staff in front office, they're going to have some tough decisions to make probably in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, we talked about how comfortability leads to, well, if you're, if you're comfortable out there on the mound, chances are you're going to go out there and you're going to pitch well. And when you're on the same page as your catcher, as a pitcher, that's always paramount. And we know that these guys are very comfortable with Wilson Contreras. And we told you just a little bit ago that Tommy Hadovy, he stopped by on Cubs 360. We were able to pick his brain, and he talked about the importance of Wilson Contreras and how big he needs to be in 2021.
4: Well, I mean, he's, he's an enormous part of the success of our pitching staff. I, you know, it's what we talk about with the catchers every year um, is, you know, it starts and and ends with them. You know, we hold our catchers to such high standards and put so much on their plate for good reason, because we know the impact that they have um, every game and, and with every pitcher that we have. So um, you know, there's there's plenty of times that, you know, we're, we're on them as much as we are the pitchers just because we know the impact that they have and, and what they can do for a game for us. And, and Wilson, you know, he's been in this organization and, and been, more importantly, been around the Major League infrastructure for a, a long time now. And he's continuing to grow and develop and show... Um, so much poise in high moments, like understanding what he's seeing from hitters, understanding what we want to do game plan wise, but then also what he's seeing, what he's getting from the pitcher, how he can make that pitcher the best version of himself that day, and and then the feedback that he gives in between innings, um, uh, just the honesty and the trust that the guys have with him. I mean, he's he's been around these guys for a long time, and and you know, adding new guys, guys that have been around the game, like a Zach Davies and Trevor Williams. Um, like some of these guys have played against Willie for a long time now, especially in the same division. So um, those relationships are going to be easily, you know, forged. Um, our pitchers know that, you know, we, everything goes through the catching department and and we trust those guys and we put a lot on their plate. So um, we obviously expect huge things from Willie. Um, again, he's an enormous part of, of our pitching, the success of our pitching staff. Um, and especially to like the offensive side, just what he can bring to the table. Um, he's such a dynamic weapon on both sides.
0: All right, Tony. So we heard too hot. That's what I like to call Tommy hot talk about Wilson Contreras and Contreras. He's, he's going to be a, a full-time guy behind the dish there. He's not going to catch 162, but knowing that he's going to be there and be that offensive mainstay and chip in with all the defense that you could ever ask for. That's a pretty big feather in the cap of this Chicago Cubs ball club. Yeah, I think it is. And
1: both David Ross and Hatterby and then now Kyle Hendricks, have, they've really talked up what Wilson Contreras can bring to this team, the potential for him to be a monster and have a, a huge year. And I don't see why not. I mean, I, I think there's a strong case that he can make to be the number one catcher in baseball. And, and he's certainly up there in at least the elite potential, if not you know fully elite in terms of production. But I think he can. I mean, he might be the best offensive catcher or close to it. He has a, a cannon for an arm. And then if these pitch framing metrics that we've seen, if they can carry over from 2020 into 2021 in the full season, that's going to be huge because he's, he's worked on his blocking as well. He's worked on game calling and interacting with the pitchers. So the Cubs love everything he can do and, and brings to the table. So I think between him and then Austin Romine, adding a veteran catcher, and we talked about it on the pod a few weeks ago, it's huge. And I do think it's a, it's a really big indicator that the Cubs feel confident about this year. Because they wanted a guy like Romine to to help manage and navigate this this young pitching staff and this new pitching staff and all these new names coming in, they didn't want to leave that to to maybe a lesser experienced backup catcher with Victor Caratini gone. So those two guys that they may play a huge huge role for the Cubs with Romine backing up uh, Wilson and Treas there.
0: All right. Circling back to Tommy Hattavi, when you take a look at how he needs to maybe stagger his rotation, when you have a guy like Kyle Hendricks and and, and Zach Davies and Alec Mills, some of their stuff is pretty similar, right? Around the same velocity, the same plan of attack. How do you think a guy like Tommy Hotovy is going to go about really just organizing these guys and and not allowing teams to jump on them and get too comfortable in the plate?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, Warrior said earlier this week that, uh, The Cubs might be last in the league in velocity and they're starting rotation by the time this season starts, which is probably true or at least possibly true at this point. You know, when you you talked about all those three guys, they're topping out at about 90 or 91 miles an hour. So, yeah, you know, they do have a similar mix, but they sequence them a little bit different and they can go through things, uh, you know, a little bit different in that way. Change ups, both Davies and, and Hendricks throw that quite a bit. Mills can use the changeup, but he has you know a couple of different breaking balls, the slider and curveball as well. So I, I think they're going to be able to differentiate and, and have enough variance between that. But then I guess too, like we were talking about, if Mills is a, a swingman type role and that's what the Cubs opt to use, then maybe he comes out of the bullpen and he pitches on a day and pairs and, and piggybacks with like Albert Alza, for example, or maybe he comes in after Arietta because Arietta's crossfire action with uh, with Mills coming back, that would be a, a bit of a variance. So maybe you do that and then you have like Ariana between Davies and Hendricks. That could be an option. But I, I do think it's something that V Ross, that the Cubs will be thinking about because you don't want to have those three guys going back to back to back. And I remember a couple of years ago with the Cubs, they didn't want to have Lester and Hamels or Quintana, all three of those guys really going at the same time, just because of the way, not, you know, not only that they threw similar, terms of velocity and as left handers but just the way they attacked guys going having all three of those guys back to back to back wasn't really that great so I think the Cubs have learned from that I think they can carry that into this 2021 rotation
0: what about some of the restrictions or limitations that will be put on some of these arms you know JD brought up a great point with Tommy about the fact that last year only 60 game season now you stretch it back to 162 it's almost as if the guys got, you know, a, a one-year break, so to speak. You know, they were able to throw, get game action in, but some of those miles not really there on those arms.
1: Yeah, I think it was a great point that JD had, and I think Kyle Hendricks might be the poster boy for that, right? Like, yeah. he's a guy who he has such a low-impact delivery, and his stuff, as we just mentioned, it's not—it it's, it doesn't create a ton of wear and tear on the arm where a guy like throw ninety-nine or hundred miles an hour would. So. I think between that and just how well Hendricks takes care of himself. I mean, the, the yoga and everything else that he has worked into it. He's a, he's a strong guy himself and in great shape. So I think he's a guy that he's already talked about feeling good. He only took a couple of weeks off after last season and then picked up a baseball and threw. whereas he normally takes about a couple of months off. So he just really feels good wants to get back at it. And remember last year, all through quarantine, he was throwing and then he came out on opening day and threw that complete game shutout and, beforehand you know ross was saying ah maybe we'll look at 75 85 pitches for for hendrix he goes out there throws 109 i think it was nine shutout innings so you can never count anything out And if there is one guy that would be feeling fresh and to jd's point i think it would be Hendricks. so he might be the one guy that has like a full 180 plus inning workload this year
0: And hopefully Jake Arrieta is feeling pretty fresh, too, with that defense behind him that goes and picks it. And maybe we're going to see him with a resurgence in a second act or at least a third act when it comes to his career in his second stint with the Cubs. Now, David Ross apparently not going to go with a six-man rotation. And when you take a look at some of the guys who may be on the outside looking in, at least at the start of the season, Edward Elzalai, he looks to be one of those guys. But we, we saw him with... a solid performance after solid performance last season. And maybe it was just, you know, an appetizer of what we're going to see this year, but it, how does he start the season when there's no six man rotation? I
1: don't know. That is a good question. I mean, they have a few guys. We've already talked about Arietta, Davies, Hendricks, Mills, uh, and now Al's too. And then you call Stewart, um, Trevor Williams in there and Shelby Miller is a minor league signing, non-roster invite. So a lot of names that could be thrown into the mix. Some of the young guys, Tyson Miller, too. So um, I I think that will have to kind of work itself out again, based off of health and performance in spring training. But Al's is a guy that I just think is going to be a huge factor one way or another. His stuff might take up and play better out of the bullpen as more of a two or three inning guy there. So that could be huge. Or maybe like we said, he, he starts and Mills comes in after. But Um, I do think what the Cubs do with the rotation is interesting. And I thought, I think a lot of teams might go the six man rotation route this year, based off of the innings workload, workload and stuff that we talked about Cubs aren't going that route. They want to make sure that their bullpen is fresh as well. And, you know, it looks like they're, they're wanting to go with the full complement on the bench with no DH this year for, for manager David Ross's uh, disposal. So I think that could play out, but you know, maybe they change their mind. Maybe they go six man rotation later on. We'll see.
0: For those listening to the Cubs Weekly Podcast and those not watching on the Marquee Sports Network app, I'm Cole Wright. He's Tony Andraki and Tony down there in Mesa, Arizona at the Cubs spring training. And Tony, you've been down there for a few days. Players, they filtered in on Monday, Tuesday, started getting some tests. What are some of your biggest takeaways, at least in the the early stages of spring training?
1: Well, so right now I'm in the quarantine process still. So all I did was get, you know, go get tested at the complex and stuff and, and come back. But you know, in, in hopping on the Zooms with Ross and Hendricks and and Jed Hoyer so far, I mean, I think some of the big takeaways between talking to them is just the level of excitement. It's palpable and, you know, everybody's pumped to to be back out here even more so than last year. And they were excited last year. There was a a general feeling of like camp David Rossi, like, you know, let's go, let's bring the intensity and everything else. I think there's still that, but based off of how last year went, it, everybody kind of feels like they were cheated and robbed out of a full season, which in a way we were fans were too. I mean, we were as media players, everybody was. So, um, you know, with the pandemic, hopefully filtering out and, and vaccines really coming in that this will be the full season that we hope it'll be that the 162 game season, six weeks of spring training, there won't be big stoppages or, or anything like we saw happen with the, the Marlins or Cardinals last year. So I think there's a lot of excitement in that. And, it's just a level of hope that we haven't really seen in a while. Like, And, and I've seen that from other clubs, too, watching uh, and reading some of the stuff from other teams around baseball. It seems like everybody's just very hopeful and, and optimistic now. And they always are in spring, but there's just a little something different this year.
0: Absolutely. And, of course, uh, obviously, David Ross and the, and the Chicago Cubs, they, they want to repeat as National League Central champions and uh, right now is where it all begins down there in Mesa and you know one thing that will certainly help out when it comes to David Ross and his ability to put together that lineup one through nine we know Kyle Schwarber no longer there but Jock Peterson he will be the new left fielder for the Chicago Cubs and he's going to get a chance to play every day Tony and that's something that he was not afforded when he was with the Dodgers on the West Coast so I don't know if you had any Jock Peterson spottings just quite yet, but, I mean, when it comes to what he's going to bring to the table for David Ross and company, I mean, this guy, he's a big left-handed bat, and he can hit it a long way.
1: Yeah, he can for sure, and I I think, you know, he brings a little bit different element to this team than Schwarber did, and and so I think that will be interesting, but really, as you mentioned, the the everyday aspect of it, how he fares against left-handed pitchers after hardly ever seeing them in Los Angeles as basically a platoon guy who only sees righties that's going to be a fascinating aspect to watch here because it's really difficult to kind of put a guy into this box when he doesn't get opportunities. Like, how is he ever going to prove that he can hit against left-handed pitchers if he never gets the chance to? The, the Cubs faced that with Schwarber, and really over the last couple of years, they allowed him to, to face more lefties and to really develop. We saw that with Anthony Rizzo years ago, early in his career, the same way. So for that, I think that opportunity, it's exciting and enticing to a guy like Peterson. And then, yeah, we'll see what he can bring. I mean, he's going to be motivated. He's on a one-year deal. So so there's a lot to, to like there. There's a lot to like about what he brings. And then another left-handed power bat that can hit the ball a long way that has good judgment of the strike zone. I think that's a good element to bring to this
0: line. Absolutely. Jack Peterson providing plenty of pop for David Ross in that lineup one through nine. We'll see where Rossi pencils them in. And I'm going to see Tony Andraki as the weeks unfold as he's down there in Mesa. Tony, always good to catch up with you here on the Cubs weekly podcast presented by Trust. And here's a reminder to everyone out there listening and watching. You can download and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And as always, you can watch us on the marquee sports network app. So for Tony Andraki, a sun-kissed, Tony Andraki down there in Arizona at spring training at Sloan Park with the Cubs. I'm Cole Wright. We'll see you next time, right here, same place, same time on the Cubs Weekly Podcast.